You're listening to Innovation in Education, the Pulaski Academy podcast where we share stories of how PA is inspiring students to explore, create, contribute, and achieve. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Ledbetter and Matt Pulley. Welcome to Innovation in Education, the PA podcast. This is the podcast where we share stories about how PA is inspiring students to explore create, contribute, and achieve. And I'm so excited that you are with us on this episode and so excited about my guest. My guest is Julie Patty, and Julie is our STEAM teacher here at PA. Our STEAM is our one of our enrichment classes for our two-and-a-halfs, threes, fours, in kindergarten. And STEAM is an acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering, Art, and Math. And I can tell you, STEAM is one of those areas as we tour the campus with prospective families that parents are just blown away. Number one, at the room, which we're going to talk about in a minute, but also at the curriculum and the program that Ms. Patty has put together. So I'm so excited. Ms. Patty, welcome. Thank you for sharing a little bit with us today on this episode. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Tell us, for those that don't know you, which uh, I'm sure most people do, but tell us a little bit about you, where you're from how you got to Little Rock, how long you've been teaching? Um, I'm originally from Shreveport, Louisiana, and we moved here around 22 years ago, and we call this home now. We're not gonna, we don't ever plan on going back, we love it here. Um, And I have been teaching for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) You started when you were very, very young. I started, yes, when I was 10, (laughs) yes. So I've been teaching around 30 years. I stayed home for a little while with my, my boys when they were small, but um, I would say around 28 to 30 years. How did you, tell me a little bit about kind of how you got into education. I'm assuming right out of your mm. undergrad, you went straight in. What kind of led you into that area, that, that particular field? Well, I never had a plan B. This is all I ever wanted to be. When I was a little girl, I wanted to be a teacher. My mother was a teacher. I thought that was the greatest job ever. And I never had another plan other than to be in education. That's great. And you got your undergrad at? Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. Mm-hmm. And well, that's, um, wow, that's interesting. I didn't know your mom, did your mom teach in early childhood education or? My mom was a middle school teacher, middle which school. I say, you know, people are special people if they can go into the middle school atmosphere. And she loved every day of that. And um, she just was really a great role model for me. I, I really respected her and um, I've never looked back. My dad was also a high school coach when I was younger, but um, he had a hard time feeding all the children, <laughs> being right. the high school coach. So he didn't stay in it long term, but that was all I ever wanted. Now, at, so at, at PA, or, uh, actually backtrack, starting in your career, did you start out teaching this kind of early childhood school? No, I was in lower school. I taught in the third, fourth grade, and, um, and that was in a public school in Louisiana, and I loved it. I was young and vivacious. Things were great, and um, I really enjoyed that. It wasn't until I came to PA that I went to the early childhood school. And how long have you been Have you been at PA? I know you're 16 years. 16 years. And you got here, and I know when I got here, you were teaching in the fours because my daughter had mm-hmm. you were in the fours, Miss mm-hmm. Patty. Um, but so you—that's when you got to PA. You were really teaching early childhood. Yes, I was kindergarten first, and um, then I moved to the pre-K program. It was a half-day program, and my kids were small, and so I really appreciated that. And then when they came to PA, I 
Went full time. We'll talk about your kiddos in a, in a minute. But <laughs> how did you hear about Plasky Academy when you, um, having not been from Little Rock? You know, my story is a funny story. When we moved here, I had not heard very favorable things. And so I wasn't coming to visit. And we visited several of the other private schools my husband and I did. And literally, this was a half a mile from my home when um, at that time. And my husband said, we're going to go see the school that's a half mile from our house. So um, we went and reluctantly, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so your perception was a little bit Yeah, maybe it was very skewed. It was not at all what I thought. And um, I went on the tours of the other schools and they had some really great lessons. I really liked some of the things that I saw. Um, but then when I came to PA, I, I ran Greg Ledbetter through the <laughs> ringer <laughs> because I wanted to find something. I, I, I just wanted to find something bad and I couldn't. Right. What was, was there, do you remember something that about that just stood out that you thought, man, this is just. Well, I did find that the early childhood school at that time, which is what I was looking for, my oldest son was going to be in kindergarten. Um, I, it felt magical. And I know that sounds silly, but it felt like pixie dust was flying. There was kindness it. and gentleness and everything I wanted. At that point, you know, when it's your firstborn, you're just all about how things feel. I didn't care if he learned to read or write at that moment. I just wanted it to be sure. sweet. Yeah. And it was everything I wanted it to be. And then when I came to school here, I remember commenting, boy, I hope once I get behind the curtain, it's as great as it was, you know, when I was a parent and it's even better. Wow. Well, tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit about Jake and Hunter. Because I, I, I know I'm, I've lost a little bit of some uh, mm -hmm. some of where they are, but tell us what they're doing. I have two boys. One is 25 and one is 21. My oldest son, Hunter, is in dental school at the University of Iowa. He's in his second year, and um, it, it is hard, he sure. says. Yeah. It is hard, but he absolutely um, feels like he was so well prepared. As a matter of fact, when he was taking the test for dental school, I think it was the test for dental school, the DAT. He called me and he goes, they're asking me questions that Coach Wyatt taught me in seventh grade. Here at PA. At PA. That's, That's crazy. exactly right. He said he kept all of his notebooks from PA when he went to the University of Arkansas and he used those so many times. And I thought, well, wow, I mean, he's even a senior in college and he's still using that seventh grade science notebook that Coach Wyatt provided, which I thought was a really great foundation then. Little did I know how great it was. Right. And then I have a younger son, Jake, who is 21, and he is a junior at the University of Arkansas. And um, thinking about sitting for the LSAT for law school. Good for him. We're thinking about it. That's good. Yeah. My favorite story about um, Hunter at PA is um, Hunter is a good student. He is not someone who is academically gifted, but he is a hard worker. And he, it, was, it was cool to be smart here. And so he always would rise to the smartest kid in the class. And I just really appreciated that opportunity. I, I think that if he were at a place where it was okay to be average, he just would have rode, ridden the average train. Right. But because it was cool to be smart, and that was for everybody, the athletes, the artists, the musicians, everybody, um, he really rose to the challenges that our teachers provided, and I really appreciate that about him. Yeah, you know, and I just think I love that about PA is that, you know, that we, you know, we understand that, hey, we may not be the best athlete, we may not be the smartest, but as a school and as a faculty and staff, we're going to push 
the kids and the kids are going to rise to that expectation of, hey, I'm going to work as hard as I can to be the best I can. And I think Hunter's a great, a great yeah. example of that. Well, let's jump into the STEAM class because that's really, I think, what we're here to talk about. But tell us a little bit about how the STEAM class came into existence. How long ago? What was your vision when you were kind of dreaming about this? Well, to be honest, this was the vision of Noel Brewster and Tiffany Knight. They came to me with this idea, and I remember thinking, that is really cool. Who's going to do that? And, um, you know, they kept, they kept building us up and building us up and telling us all about it. And then when they asked me to do it, I remember saying, do you think I can do that? And, uh, and of course, they were so gracious and kind, and um, that was six years ago. So really, this is the brainchild of, of those two women. And I've just been able to, to jump in with both feet, and they've really encouraged me along the way. Um, if there's something that I've wanted, if I've dreamt about it, we've talked about it, and I've been able to get that. And so I'm especially grateful for that. But it is a um, program that is specific to our children. I really um, tailor it to the children that are at our school currently, and I will shift and change each year according to the children, whatever it is they need. I meet with their teachers each week, and we talk about what they're doing in their classroom, and then I will go and do research and develop something that we can implement the STEM disciplines into. And it's completely hands-on, and the kids adore it. Um, I'd like to be able to take credit for it, but it was really all them. Well, I know you, you uh, the story that I always hear is you did attend a conference at some point in which really you heard that I think some high school students mm -hmm. at another school were doing STEAM, and you, mm -hmm. your thought was, why are we not doing this with the younger children? Right, and I even asked them that. Yeah. It, it was, we had deci I had decided to do the class, and so I went to some conferences prior to starting the STEAM program, and as they were talking, I was the only early childhood educator in the room, and I remember thinking, where, am I in the wrong session? Where are all <laughs> of the teachers that are my, you know, children my age? And finally I said, why, why are we waiting until middle school to start this with our kids? Why would, why would we wait that long? And their answer was, well, we just do. I mean, there was, <laughs> was really no answer for why they waited until then. They, you know, there are opportunities for it to be sprinkled in the lower school in lots of places. But um, this was something novel and something unique and I was excited. That, that one phrase is what got me the most excited because I knew that we were going to be able to be innovative and do something new. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you, and back to kind of working with the teachers, you are able to kind of pick up from them on some things that you can do maybe in more of a hands-on mm -hmm. way um, mm -hmm. in the classroom, maybe that, that can be brought into the STEAM lab. And, yes, and I meet with them each week and when they have their team meeting, and they will tell me, you know, I would really like to have let's for example, dancing popcorn. I'd really like to be able to show the popcorn moving up and down in the jar. And so they will tell me that they're interested in that or maybe even that they want to do it in their classroom and I'll just provide the supplies, whichever way works. Um, and then I will go back and I will do my research and figure out a way for us to have it in the STEAM lab. I always have three groups within the STEAM class and one is having sort of a free time because our lab is so unique and impressive and then I have a sensory bin where a group will stay at the sensory bin and work and play through that and then I'll have a small group and that's where we'll do those activities that are specific to what they're learning in the classroom. I try really hard to make it um, integrate with what they're doing in that classroom because it just makes sense to the kids. And then it's even integrated I know 
in a vertical process mm -hmm. as well because you also meet with our STEM teacher, Christina Carroll, and you all talk a lot about maybe there might be some gaps mm -hmm. or some overlaps, which I know has happened. Yeah. Where you where she's been able to say, oh my gosh, you know, you know, you're sending the kids up here and they've already got this skill and now she can change a lot. How, tell a little bit about how that process Well, works. if you think about it, our children prior to the STEAM program weren't using any of those scientific tools like microscopes or magnifying glasses or droppers or chemicals. They, they had no experience with those things. So when they got to the first grade with Miss Carol in STEM, she had to take time to teach all of those things to them. Well, now we're, we're covering all of that down here foundational science concepts and um, I feel like my biggest job is to create an energetic learner so when they get to her they're so eager to use those scientific tools. STEM came before STEAM right. and so I kind of will fall in line to what Miss Carol has done and she and I will discuss okay um, I, my, my children are missing desert habitats you know, I see them struggling there. Can you introduce it a little bit earlier in kindergarten? Well, sure. That's exactly what I want. I want it to be a, a seamless um, flow between STEAM and STEM, and then from STEM lower school to STEM middle school. So it only makes sense for us to talk to one another. I want to have that collaboration where she can tell, tell me where my kids are struggling because I want to send her the best learner I can possibly send. I love it. Well, t I know if you're listening today and you haven't seen our our, st our steam room, mm. you, um, you have to come see it. And, and we'll talk at the end of the podcast the episode here about how to do that. But I often describe it as kind of organized chaos, but we love it that way. But just a typical day, what's it like when the kiddos come in and where they can go and what they can do? Well, it is... Um it really is a magical room. It is it is so beautiful and so impressive. Um, I got to go to children's museums and I looked at the items in the children's museums that were the most popular and then the ones that could integrate back into a, a classroom setting. And um, so we found museum quality exhibits, if you'll say, um, to bring back to the steam lab. So I've got a ball wall that is 18 feet long, you know, where they create a roller coaster or a ball, um, a maze where a ball will go down the wall. They, that's everybody's favorite is the ball wall. And um, we've got big ones and we've got little ones. And I've got a noodle forest, which is a sensory, <laughs> a sensory experience for the kids that they walk through. It's around 500 pool noodles hanging from the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> they love that one. Yeah. Um, I've got uh, what we call the big backyard, which has a kind of a, a play area and it's in a space that has two very large windows. So it looks like there is a tree house in the trees and um, they love the big backyard where we will, that's where our microscopes are and we put bug slides underneath the microscopes. I have age appropriate microscopes for our kids and then I have ones that the high schools have, has sent me that have been broken which are perfect for that, us. That's you know? right, yeah. If they, if they want to roll that eyepiece all the way off, then I, we're going to practice rolling that eyepiece all the way off. But my goal is to introduce those things to them in a way that is not threatening. Yep. And if I can wrap a microscope up in play, then that's a win for everybody. By the time they get to high school or middle school or even lower school, they've had so many positive experiences with those scientific tools that there's no fear or intimidation. I love it. Tell me a little bit about, because the, the classroom space, and you shared a little bit about kind of 
the support from the school, but how has, has the school PA been supportive in this as it's gotten started and now as it's grown in terms of what you might need in the space and so forth? Well, one thing that I really appreciate is um, I have never been as creative as I have been once I started STEAM. You know, when you're in the classroom, you've got your curriculum and you want to follow that curriculum. When it came to the STEAM lab, we had parameters and then my principals, my heads of school said, Let, let's go see what, what we can do. And if I could dream it, they were willing to go on that dream with me. So like that ball wall, for example, I had one, I had one the first couple of years that was much smaller. We saw what a big deal it was for the kids and so we wanted one that was much bigger and it was exponentially more expensive. But the, the school saw the value in that for our children and so they were willing to provide that for the STEAM lab. It is a beautiful room that looks like a children's museum. And not only do I appreciate the quality of the items in, inside, I appreciate how nice it looks. I appreciate how excited the kids get. It's very inviting. And there's not an area that is off limits to our children. They are, it is completely hands-on. Everything in there is for them. And um, I, I just appreciate the support the school has provided. If I could dream it, I could have it. I, and that's, I love that about, about PA is, is that we really have that philosophy and that mindset of, what can we do? How, how big outside the box can we think? And right. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't think big enough. When we were talking about the STEAM lab, I was DIYing how to do a, a ball wall. I was trying to figure out what my husband could build to make, you know, <laughs> yeah. make have all these great exhibits. And it was Noelle and Tiffany that said, well, let's look at um, the Magic House in St. Louis. Let's look and see what they've got. So I went to the Magic House and took a picture of everything I could find and brought them back. And we talked about how it could be used here and if it, if it could. And um, I, I just, I really appreciate that collaboration with them. And um, they valued my opinion and I really appreciated that too. Well, that is no, no doubt the most common response we, I get when we walk in there is, wow, this looks like the Children's Museum. or And it really does. I mean, it has that feel and I think it's, that's what's one of the great things about about it. Um, t you know, talk a little bit about kind of what, what and you mentioned this, uh, alluded to it a little bit when we talked about STEM, but what is your goal for the children as they kind of move out of, of STEAM and into STEM, into first grade and mm -hmm. into the lower school? What do you kind of see as the outcome? Well, I want to send a learner to lower school STEM that is excited and unafraid of anything. Uh, especially the STEM disciplines. You know, there is that push for ch girls to be more involved in the STEM disciplines. I think that's a great idea. I want boys to be involved in STEM disciplines. I want, if they want to do it, I want to provide that opportunity for them. I don't want it to be based on fear. And I think for so many years we had kids that were afraid of those upper school labs and they were intimidated to speak up because they were just a little bit unsure on procedure or equipment or, or, or anything. And I just want to be able to send kids up there that have the confidence to explore, to explore and to um, fail. You know, if, if you're failing, that means you're trying. And I feel like all of that is wrapped up in the STEAM lab. You know, we try on that ball wall until we figure it out. And if it doesn't work, then we try it again the next time. I want to send learners that are excited about the STEM disciplines and ones that can make informed decisions. Now they may decide not to go into the sciences, perfectly fine, but it won't be out of fear.
That's great. And I, I've even heard you say this too so many times, you know, the, the students in the STEAM lab that are, are, are trying and, and maybe failing, but they're continuing to try that grit and that mm. resilience is such a big part of not only science, but mm. just learning and mm -hmm. that we want children to have that resilience and that grit. And sometimes it doesn't mean that we always go in there and solve it for them, mm. but it's just encouraging to keep, keep going and keep pushing. That's been a whole new mindset for our teachers. You know, we want to be able to help our kids. We want to be able to show them the end result, but it's, it's become this shift specifically in the STEAM lab where they wait and they sit and they watch and then the kids figure it out. And that's exactly the type of learner that we want. We want the ones that are persistent and that have that grit. And uh, I really, really believe that that starts in the STEAM lab. That's great. How do you talk a little bit about kind of just STEAM education or STEM education in general? How critical is that, do you think, in the future as we move as jobs and careers are changing, how important is that going to be for children to have this as a foundation? Well, I, we've all heard that the, ch the job that these children, that are in my current kindergarten program, are, they are going to have jobs that have not even been invented yet. So we really cannot prepare them for that specifically, but right. we can prepare them with perseverance. We can teach them how to have that grit. We can teach them those foundations so they have that those foundational strengths to stand on. And that's really, that's what, what, what the STEAM program is and why I was so shocked at that seminar when they didn't want that for their youngest learner. They wanted it to start in middle school. And I just think that's too late. I think by that point, opinions have been formed. I think, you know, kids have decided whether they're smart in science or not by that point. Well, when you're in kindergarten, you're the smartest kid in the room. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you see? What for us as a school and with STEAM? What do you? What's kind of? What do you see in the future? What would you like mm -hmm. to see us doing? Well, like my uh, my dream is an outdoor play area. Oh. I'd like for us to be able to have an indoor classroom and an outdoor classroom. There's an area in the back of the building that has a pond that could which is fenced, that could be a really great learning environment. There's a wooded area, there's grass. And I just feel like there's lots of great opportunity for us out there. Um, but right now we are just reveling in the room that has been provided. And, um, but that's where our forward motion is, is to, go, is to go out back. I love it. We've got a great opportunity out there with mm. that. That space behind yeah, there. So. It's all natural. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> what, um, if for a parent that's, you know, is maybe considering or, or thinking, you know, um, uh, we'd love to be in a school like PA, um, you know, maybe they're thinking, hey, uh, let's postpone that to, to lower school or middle school. What, what advice would you give them to really consider? early childhood school education to, to start start at that, that time frame? Well, I think I would start as a parent. I mean, I know as a parent, what I wanted for my children was a place where they were safe, a place where they were loved, a place where the teachers respected my kids. And all of that is wrapped up at Pulaski Academy. That is exactly what happens in our ACS program. On top of that, we're providing really quality programming for them that I think the experiences are so deep that why wouldn't I want those experiences for my kids? Why, why wouldn't I want my child excited about a microscope at four? When, when by the time they get to 14, they don't think those are cool anymore. So um, I just think our experiences are so rich and so deep in our, 
early childhood school that I, I'm grateful that our kids can have those experiences. And so many of them, like you said, are so unique to us. And, and um, I always use the analogy that I've stole from somewhere that, you know, early childhood school, that two and a half, three, four in kindergarten, that is so much like, if you look at it like building a house, it's laying that mm. foundation that everything else is going to be built upon. So you want to get that part right and have the right ingredients and the right experiences. Yeah. I really feel there. like it's our job to show children their potential and let them find it on their own. And I really think we give them the opportunity to, to do just that. I mean, we want them to feel secure in their learning. We want them to feel secure in their, their whole being. And that is nurtured down here in the early childhood school. That's great. Well, Ms. Patty, thank you so much. We're about at, at our time. Um, I really appreciate sitting down and chatting with you. And thank you for your time and for, for sitting with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. If you'd like to see the steam room, we'd love to have you um, have an opportunity to do that. Of course, with COVID, we're having to do it virtually. But if you, could, if you go to our, our virtual admissions center site, which is the PAVAC, the PAVAC, which is an acronym for virtual admissions center.com, the PAVAC.com, you can find ways you can connect with the campus and the community. And one of those ways is a virtual tour. And we'd love to show you the steam room as well as the other early childhood school areas. Um, there's lots of other ways to connect with the school there as well if you're interested in learning more about it. And uh, we appreciate you being on and stay tuned. We've got some great episodes coming up. Really excited about the content we're going to be releasing. But for PA Innovation and Education, this is the PA Podcast. Have a great day. You've been listening to Innovation in Education, the Pulaski Academy podcast, where we share stories of how PA is inspiring students to explore, create, contribute, and achieve with your hosts, Greg Ledbetter and Matt Bullock.